Hey. Hi. It's Tash and Carly. And you're listening to Motherhood. Not as we planned. So get comfy, grab a cup of tea or a glass of wine and let's start talking about all the things too many of us avoid discussing. Welcome to our first ever episode of Motherhood Not As We Planned. This episode is called It's Over. It's over. Very final. And I feel like we needed to do an episode, our first episode, all about this because both of us have agreed. Yeah. The most asked question that we have got is how did you know when it was time to kind of call it a day? When did you know that it was time to leave? Had you tried hard enough? And I know our situations are very different, but I feel like, well, we're both sitting here and we know it's over. So um, it's it's, over. Yeah, it's It's over. It's good to talk about. So I think I can speak for many people where I say staying is easier, especially when you have kids. I know, again, situations different. Yeah, they are different. I would say that I probably stayed in hindsight for a good few years longer than I should have. But I don't think I really knew. But And it's easier to reflect when you're out of it as well. Well, it's like what you were saying. You didn't actually really realise how unhappy you were right. until you're not in the relationship anymore. And also once you're out, you're in a different headspace. Yeah, yeah 100%. Can talk about how we got there. Yeah, so I mean, with me, I think I got very used to brushing things under the carpet. And I think that when you're in a marriage and you've been together a long time and it's kind of all you know, it is really scary kind of thinking about anything other than that. You know, like when you've got kids, when you have kids and when you're married or even when you're not married and you've got kids with someone, no one wants to do that alone. No. Do you know what I mean? And also in, in that sense, I know for me, you kind of, you you were with him a long time. You go from one thing to the other. So you go from being together you get engaged, whatever order you do it in, you get married, you have kids, you never stop. Or I know for me, I never stopped and like looked and was like, am I happy? Or you just kind of accept this is it. And things change. Yeah, but yeah, yeah exactly. I think this is what the honeymoon phase has gone. Yeah. This is just life. And people always say, you know, being with someone and having a relationship and then having kids, like it's not always going to be easy. And I'm not sitting here saying, oh, if you're not constantly happy and things aren't easy, then it's not a good relationship and you should leave. But I think it gets, the lines become quite blurred when it's like, am I just maybe going through a little stage where it's a bit of a rut and you need to yeah. spice things up a bit? Or are you actually not being treated? And Or are you just coexisting? And yeah. are either of you actually truly happy? I think... Now I'm at the other side of it. I've realised, like, obviously, I mean, obviously, in my situation, he wasn't happy. So I think we have both just been coexisting mm-hmm. together, neither of us thriving or happy without really being aware of it. Yeah, I guess you're, if you're not growing together and still learning from each other and getting that, yeah. you know, things are very different from the start of a relationship to five ten years down the line and with kids but I think for me it was realizing that there was no respect I think a lot of lies um and it gets to a point where there's only so many things that you can brush under the carpet and the carpet's getting really really fucking full (laughs) do you know what I mean and I think eventually you get that. I told you, I got this light bulb moment where I was just like, this just isn't enough for me anymore. 
Um, obviously, I'm going to delve way more into detail about what happened to get to that light bulb moment. But, you know, we went to therapy. I really wanted to try. Like, I'm not one for doing things half-heartedly. Yeah, I agree. I think we're both very similar, like perfectionists. Like, if I'm doing something, I'm oh, going to do it fucking well. And no one gets married thinking they're ever going to get divorced. Yeah. No one has kids with someone thinking that person's not going to be a solid figure as, you know, as the mum, dad together living in a house. Yeah. Or imagine it. And I think I know that I had this, you know, picture of that perfect family. Everyone wants it and everyone's seeing it on social media. Yeah. I remember the amount of messages I got when I announced my separation. They were all so shocked. Like, you look so happy and so good together. And it's like that realisation of, well, actually... You only probably saw about two minutes of 24 hours and people formulate this opinion of what happy couples look like. Because you post a family photo. I mean, the holiday that I went on just before I announced my separation, we weren't even together. Like we went away for the kids. So it just shows like, and I'm guilty of it, looking at social media and being like, like, I wish I had that or they look great or they look happy. But I think I was portraying that at one point and I very much wasn't happy. And it's interesting you say that because actually this week I've had multiple women message me. I spoke something like this on my stories Mm -hmm. and some people said to me, I'm actually envious that you're out because I'm in a very unhappy marriage and I don't have the balls or, you know, like the financial situation to be able to. And it's kind of when you step back and realise actually everyone's not that happy and it's when... And it's another topic I'll cover at another point. But when I took Theo away last week to Disney, I was walking around like thinking at first when I was in the airport and I was seeing all these families like really happy on like family holidays. I was like, it really hit me and I got really sad. I was like, I'm here on my own with Theo. And then I kind of sat back. I think I messaged you and I was like, I'm seeing like, like mums and dads together, literally like arguing being stroppy i saw it around disney people like them shout at each other and i just thought you know what it's actually it's more in our heads we create these things that everyone's in these perfect situations i actually really had bloody brilliant time i'll talk about that another time but i had a great time not having someone else's mood impact me it was all down to me Mm -hmm. so we do we do compare ourselves Mm -hmm. we really do so why don't we stem back to you know actually realizing your marriage or relationship is over so i think probably our situations are quite different yeah in the sense i had information that led me to the decision of my marriage being over um and for me mine really did slap me around the face hit you hard it hit me hard um you know it was something i i didn't see coming um and I, and I guess just with the information that I had allowed me to basically get to the point of realizing that our, our marriage was over. Um, and one thing I do want to say is that, honestly, like a woman's instinct is so powerful. Yeah, don't ignore it. And just don't ignore it. If you have an instinct about something... Honestly, like I can't explain it, but yeah, I think a woman's instinct is absolutely powerful. And I, I'm not going to go into detail about, you know, the reasons for 
um, my marriage ending. Um, it's obviously quite personal. Um, but I think when you have some reasons in front of you, um, you know, where things become difficult or you can't imagine your marriage continuing with the knowledge you have, I think I, for me, I knew then that that is where my marriage was over and there, there was no going back. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm slightly like envious of like the information yeah. you've got in front of you because I think sometimes when you don't have that solid proof of certain things, that's probably why I stayed for so long. Of course. Because it's kind of like, do you end a marriage and break up a family on assumption or gut feel or not really sure of this or that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so like that's agree. kind of why I did the whole I think rushing under the carpet me so long. Yeah, for me. Um you know, it those that first couple of weeks are just awful and for, for anyone who's listening who are who are in those first few weeks nothing I say now will make that pain easier like I remember people being like it will get easier you can't see through that the pain is so physically crippling mm. I was having like panic attacks really really regularly and that was one thing that I hated because like my kids were seeing me like that and then Theo started almost like copying it oh, stop. it was awful at the same time, you're trying to be a mum. Yeah. You can't stay in bed. You have yeah. to get out of bed. The last thing you want to do is get up. Yeah. I, do you know what? I remember the first weekend once my ex had moved out when I was on my own for the first time properly. And it had been a while where I was I was really on my own. I didn't get out of bed until 8 p.m. It was that first day where it was like, I'm actually not being a mum and I can just process yeah, what had it. happened. And actually, it didn't do me any good. As hard as it is to carry on being a mum and do those everyday mundane things, yeah. I feel like it kind of actually helped, kept me going. Yeah, I, honestly, because sometimes okay. sitting there willing and just like you know I think we all have our moments where we go through that breakup and we put on the sad music and we have our moments and we go in and I just think actually it doesn't really do you any good like don't get me wrong you need to have your moments you need to have a cry you need to to talk to your friends and vent and this that and the other but I actually feel like my kids picked me not physically but like having kids picks you up and makes you realize well I don't really actually have time to I, sit and dwell. I agree. And I, d- I don't want to be like dark and morbid, but I've never hit a low place like I did in those first few, those first two weeks. And when I say like my kids saved me, I genuinely read it as you will. I genuinely, I don't know what I would have done mm-hmm. if I didn't have them. They gave me a purpose every single day to show up and, you know, like just be the best I could for them and you do you do and do you know what it was it's even like when you're with your kids it's even like their laughter their little smiles of happiness those are the tiny things you need to hang on to to pull you through and out of those days like and my mum said to me in the very very early days she was like look take it day by day 
And if that's too much, take it out by hundred. And I live by that now. That, like that is literally all I've done. I feel like generally my whole adult life in a day at a time. You know, when you have people be like, "Oh, what are you going to do when your ex has a new partner?" I'm like, well, I don't need to think about that because it hasn't happened yet. And I'm not going to think about it because if I start thinking about it, I'm going to drive some Spiraling, yeah. yeah. Don't get me wrong. We have our moments, but yeah, 100% day at a time. And if that's too hard, hour by hour. Yeah. I feel like for those that are maybe in a situation where infidelity isn't a thing and it's not as black and white as he cheated, so I'm going to leave... I feel like it becomes that bit harder to kind of know when to. And I think that's the questions that I tend to get because it's kind of like, how did you know? Did you try? I really tried. But I think really and truly, looking back, if only one of you is really trying, you're not going to get anywhere. And that is where I kind of feel like I was at. I think that we were in such a bad place for such a long time that we both gave up at different points. I do feel like we probably both checked out in different ways. And then I just feel like we constantly had those conversations of, you know, oh, let's try, you know, let's try and make effort. Let's do date nights. Let's do this. Let's do that. And only one ever kind of wanted to do that. And I just feel like we went to therapy and then I just remember about, three days after we finished our therapy session we went out as a family and something happened that was the most minor irrelevant thing I always revert back to and if people haven't seen the film he's just not that into you then they're not going to really understand it but there is a scene there's a, a particular couple in the film and if you haven't seen it you need to watch it Bradley Cooper has an affair he cheats on his wife she finds out and she forgives him and takes him back. But throughout the build-up to her finding out about the affair, she keeps thinking that he smokes, that he's having cigarettes. And he keeps saying to her, I'm not smoking, I'm not smoking. And he keeps gaslighting her like, as if they're mine, they're the builders. Like just, it's like a running theme throughout the film. And then once they are back together and he's moved back in after her taking him back from cheating... She finds cigarettes in his jacket pocket. And it's that moment where she's like, I'm getting a divorce. And I know it's not, she's not getting a divorce because of the cigarettes, but it's like that moment. That was her light bulb moment. And a few days after therapy, I have my light bulb moment where I could see right in front of me a lie being played out, it being turned around on me. And I was just like, this is this is never going to change. Yeah. This is literally how it's always going to be. I feel like when you have no trust in a relationship, and really that is how my marriage really broke down. Like, I can't pinpoint I cheated on him or he cheated on me. Like, to be honest, I don't know completely what maybe happened behind my back. I'll have my theories, yeah. my gut, but I don't unfortunately have solid proof like you but one thing I will say is I had no trust and there were reasons throughout our marriage why I had no trust which I think deep down he appreciates but the issue with that is it probably suffocated him because anything that he did whether he was telling the truth or not was I never believed it 
So he actually couldn't win. So maybe in his eyes, he's thinking, I feel so suffocated. I can't be in this marriage. She doesn't trust me. But in my head, I'm thinking, well, you don't deserve my trust. You need to gain it. It, yeah. it really, you know, when people are like, oh, if you don't have trust, like it's not going to work. I genuinely believe that now. Like, I, it, it just, it made our marriage toxic. And that light bulb moment for me, it happened two weeks before our holiday. And I tried to keep it to myself that I wanted a divorce. And then something else came out and I was like, I can't, I'm making myself ill, trying to keep yeah. it in, no. telling him. So I told him, and I was like, I'm not, he was like, I'm not coming on holiday. And I was like, if you don't come on holiday, the kids are going to suffer. Man up, grow some balls, and you're coming on holiday. So we went, and do you know what? Weirdly, it was a really nice holiday. Like, it's so easy to pretend on holiday. It's not real life. I feel like holidays, like Instagram, like you can just sort of pretend. And then I remember the day I got back, I filed for a divorce. So... Sometimes I don't think it's as black and white as someone's cheated. No, I've done it's over. And I think when it's not as, I don't want to use the word simple because that's obviously not simple. It's absolutely fucking terrible. But when it's not as black and white as that, I feel like it takes that bit more time or... Yeah, and it, I think it takes a lot more courage from someone as well because, it you know, it's not just your happiness you have to balance out. You know, it is sadly financial impacts it is thinking about the split of the kids it is thinking about how you're going to make it work on a day-to-day basis it's so much more and I know people who compromise their happiness in a marriage for other things and and for me there's other things going on in my personal life or have been in my personal life that have just honestly put life in perspective for me Mm -hmm. And really just made me so aware that you get one life, you don't know how long you've got. And for me, I just want to be happy. If people really knew how much I was juggling, kind of, um, at the same time of obviously my marriage breaking down, I don't think people would be like, how on earth did you get out of bed every day? But you do. Um, but for me, it did help put everything in perspective mm-hmm. what I wanted and what was important and kind of the decisions I was making with that. Of course, that, of course, there was a point where I thought, you know, maybe we can work through this. And again, I've spoken about it before, but a big part for me was figuring out, was I more devastated over my family unit breaking down? Or was I more devastated about my husband breaking my heart? And it took me a while to actually realise that it was probably the family family unit. And, you know, it's not until I've been able to step back and been in a better headspace to reflect. I've done a lot of journaling, a lot of writing, a lot of listening to things. You kind of step back. But I think sometimes it's really hard to even like admit to yourself you're not happy or you don't even realize. Honestly, like when I say I probably stayed for years longer than I should have, that was definitely subconscious. Like I didn't wake up and be like, oh, another day where I I need to try and make it. Like I, I genuinely believed that this is my marriage. This is my life. Divorce isn't an option because I just didn't ever see my life without him. We were together for 17 years. I don't remember... Life without him. 
yeah, I genuinely don't remember life before him. And that's why I've had, pe- I've had some people ask me, were you happy and content when I had Rome? Because obviously when we separated, Rome was one. And the answer is, quite honestly, no. We, I don't think we were very happy. But it wasn't, oh, let's have a baby to save our marriage. No, it was, for me, it was more like, this is my husband. This is my family. I want another baby. So we're, so I'm having another baby. And like, hopefully, eventually, we'll just improve. Like, this is, is, I I think I just felt like this is as good as it's going to get for me. And that's really, really fucking sad. Because even now, on reflection, when I think about, I just, I feel like I just accepted the bare minimum and that it's just such a shame. Like if I think about how I was treated or, or not even like, he never put me down. He just didn't lift me up. And I just think like how sad, like in my, I sometimes imagine like if Ivy was with a man that didn't make her feel amazing and special, I'd be like, oh, been him. Yeah. And it's like, I don't remember the last time my husband told me I look beautiful or... Or, you know, I was just, I, my love language is words of affirmation. If people don't know what love language is, make sure you Google it and look it up. There's five different love languages and everyone feels love in a different way. It can be words of affirmation. It can be physical touch, acts of service, gifts. Maybe there's only four. I need to check that. But mine's words of affirmation. And if someone's is gifts, just say yours is gifts and mine's words of affirmation. So... I, the way I want to show you love, if I don't know that yours is gifts, I'll probably just constantly give you words of affirmation because that's mine. So I'll be like, you look beautiful. Like, oh, you look lovely today. Or I love you or this, that and the other. And you'll be sitting there being like, why hasn't she bought me like that bag I want? So my, my love language was never met in my marriage because I never got any words of affirmation. So... It's really interesting just to be aware of that in a, in any relationship because if you don't know your partner's love language, how are you meant to show them that you love that? Yeah, absolutely. And how, how are they meant to feel almost like validated? What it probably comes down to is like, it is self-worth, it is self-love, it is like, it's almost like the respect you have for yourself as well. I always imagined they would grow up in an environment around love and you know, I really wanted them to see like their dad kissing their mum and this and that. Mm. But actually, that that wasn't what they were experiencing at all. Um, you know, we we did lead quite separate lives in the evenings. We didn't sit down and eat dinner together. Do you think that's also just our day and age? I feel like it. It's like idea. The thing is, with social media, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm guilty of it, which I'm sure so many of us are. Being on our phone so much because yeah, being a mum as well, you spend your whole day either with your kids or you're working, and then you've got to do bedtime and bath and this, that, and the other. It's like it's that evening where you just want to unwind. I want to be on my phone. I want to catch up with my friends. I want to check out a bit of social media, and then it's like I'm sure your partner wants to do the same. And then before you know it, it's got to like nine thirty. You're both just sitting on your phones, and I think we never made that conscious effort to not. Let's put our phones down and like, how was your day? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's it. It comes down to the communication, doesn't it? I mean, we would, he would often go out and train in the evenings and I would often do my work. Mm -hmm. 
and we'd go to bed at different times and did you yeah do what's funny is we went to bed at the same time but i don't remember the last time we cuddled in bed so it's also i'm not i'm not saying like i'm not a one thing i want to i'm sure we both want to say and we want to point out we're not relationship experts we're never going to sit here and be like if this happens to you you need Mm -hmm. to end your marriage but for me i think it is not a red flag, but if you are not having sex in your marriage, it's something that needs to be addressed. It's not, if you're not having sex, guys, and you haven't had sex in three months, then it's over and pack your bag. But if you're not having sex regularly or at all, it need, you need to have a conversation. I think there, yeah. There, there, there just needs to be a conversation. I listened to, that, to a podcast about sex. It was amazing. It was just, I could relate to it so much. And she's a sex expert. And she was explaining how, like, in the first two years of your relationship, the hormones that you have of, like, that attraction and the chemistry that in itself makes your sex life completely different. After that two years, it is humanly impossible for it to continue that way because the hormones die down. So you have to do things in your marriage to keep it alive. Like when you have kids, I'm not saying like, again, like when you have kids, you're going to go weeks without having sex. Or if you're pregnant or you feel gross and you're breastfeeding your bed. Sleeping. But what one thing I would say is... Looking back, there's definitely things that I would have changed and I didn't make that effort in the bedroom. Like that, that's a massive part of being together. However, one thing I would say, if there's any men are listening, they're probably on, but well, actually you never know. Double of exes. <laughs> <laughs> or Um For men, I feel like women's libido tends to be maybe lower than men. I feel like men, men typically orgasm every time they have sex, okay? Mm. Women don't unless it's done, I think, unless unless it's done properly. (laughs) Unless it's done in a good way. I feel like sometimes sex is looked at in a marriage as a bit of a chore, like shit, we need to have our like one week, one time a week sex that's quickly just get into bed and slip it in and and I'll slip it in and five five minutes later, yeah, yeah, literally. But I feel like for women, and I'm talking from personal experience, if I'm with someone that's really affectionate, not in a sexual way, but just anything like... The intimacy. Yeah, it's the intimacy that I think makes a woman want to have sex more. And if you're lacking the intimacy of just touching, sitting on the sofa together, having a cuddle... It's the physical connection. Yeah, it is. I think if that's lacking, you're not going to want to have sex. So if you're not having sex, I feel like you need to almost like go back to basics and and do like the cuddles and the holding hands and the kisses. Yeah, they're great. You get into such a habit yeah, of, okay, bye, love you. And they just walk out the door, maybe a little peck on the on, on the lips. And then that's as much affection yeah. as you're getting in a whole 24-hour period. And I will always say this. And for me, like going forwards, if I was to ever be in another relationship, communication about stuff like this, okay. it is, if that doesn't exist, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. If you can't talk about it and you can't talk about 
what you need, what your needs are, uh-huh. if they're being met, how they can help like meet those needs. You know, like for me, I think we do sound pretty similar. I'm a very affectionate person. Yeah. I like to be touched. I like to be cuddled. I like to be kissed. I like, like to be assured. Like, well, I've been made to feel like, like yeah. sexy. Yes. I'm like, like if I'm bending down and, and slap my fucking arm. Oh, my <laughs> heart. Do you know what? <laughs> this is on my vision board for my next man, <laughs> right? Not not. <laughs> But, like, I want to be in the kitchen, like, making a cup of tea and have, like, a cheeky, like, bum grab. Yeah, like, like something. I, I don't, and look, I guess I'm, we're both speaking from experience of getting divorced, but should that ever go? No. Like, it's nice but to, no, like, I think pass each other in the hall and, like, you know, give a little cheeky, like, oh, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, we'd I still, just, I still would. Yeah, I just never had that. No, I, like, and but I do know people who do, which, honestly, like, and for me, it's so weird that I meant in and I did I had a very much light bulb moment a bit like Tash it wasn't about leaving but it was kind of like I'll talk about it on another episode but it was kind of when my mindset all switched from this and I kind of almost went from full-blown grief to actually just accepting my new life and like I'm sitting here recording this podcast genuinely feeling the happiest I have felt not just since I've you know everything happened but Honestly, in myself, in in months, like, and that's even how nice is that? And that's because of yourself, empowering. Yeah, yeah. I feel so calm in my own house. I feel at peace, and yeah, it's very, it's a powerful place to be. I think one thing that I really want to get across in this episode is anyone listening that may feel like they're either not yet about to break up but they feel like it's gonna uh, happen yeah, lots of people or, or they're at the beginning stages or even they're a year down the line and they're not feeling good I can I just want to really express that I was pretty much a child when I met my ex I'm now in my mid-30s well actually I'm not yet 35 so <laughs> early 30s early 30s and I genuinely believe that if I can do it and move on, anyone can. Like I was, I, I didn't like my own company. I didn't like being on my own. I relied so much on him for everything. And I actually look back, and this is really, really sad, but I look back and I feel like... I stuck around purely out of comfort. And that's easy to do, especially when you've been with someone for so long. Yeah. And, you know, stepping away and walking away is absolutely terrifying. Even now, even knowing, like, my situation, I was still terrified to do it. The thought of being on my own and being a single mum, I hate the word, but being a single mum, it's completely new territory. Everything is pretty much on you. Um, But going back to what you were saying as well really important not to compare your journey of healing mm-hmm. or progress to other people like you might find you're still stuck very much in you know a bad part of the grieving process and others like i've had loads of people like oh my god like you you've done so well so quickly but i feel like that about you like you oh yeah, yeah like i remember when like the first time i came here i was like and you were quite down but i was like you you were doing so well like 
it was amazing to see. Like it was really like inspiring to see how quickly you kind of just accepted it and picked yourself up. And I don't think that is the norm. It's not. And and that's it. And I would never want anyone to think, oh God, like Kylie. And I, I don't know why. I don't know whether it's just the kind of person I am or like uh, the do you things know I've been doing. Or I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why. And I, I, I am a very headstrong person. I always have been. I'm a very positive person. Like, I like to see the best in any situation. And I don't know if this was just like a really extreme case of this is my life now. Like, uh-huh. move forwards. I don't know if it's because I was really focused on my kids or like, I, I can't, I can't tell you. Since I've had that moment, I can't, I can't tell you the last time I cried properly over it which feels mad to be talking it's been weeks since i've cried about it um there's something i I need to look up the name of it there's it's a lady's name it's called the something something grief cycle um it's really interesting and it shows you it's kind of like these little peaks and troughs and it's different um phases so like the first one is like the shot i can't remember the exact order there's like denial anger um, and then it's like yeah, and then there's a point where it's like acceptance. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, you can't put a time scale on it, but I feel like I hit that last part of acceptance quite early. Mm-hmm. Um, do you also feel, because I do, there's like, there's two parts to it. It's like the acceptance of the person and the relationship, and then it's like the family unit. Because I still, I'm nearly a year down the line. Like, we separated in June. Yeah. And I still have not quite accepted maybe accepted is the wrong word i'm still not content with the i don't really know how to explain it there's just certain my weekends with my kids i love them to pieces but i still massively struggle when i'm on my own with them or i'm not doing as much as i would like to do with them because i just feel like it's too Too difficult to do with three on my own so I uh, I felt like I actually coped much better than I thought I would have with the getting over him part. And I don't think, I think maybe that is because I actually subconsciously detached from him for probably about a year before we actually separated. Although I didn't think we'd ever end. Yeah. It was like, well, we're not uh, having sex. Yes. I don't get love and from I him think, without knowing I you had the same and so sometimes it's actually you kind of started doing the grieving or the letting go while we're still together yeah. I think I had that I think I there's I mean our relationship before I we were happy we got on we had don't, like don't get me wrong we had some like really really happy times like Florida was amazing we genuinely had the most amazing holiday and that's it you just in my head, I thought it was like a phase. I thought the, the kids are at a really difficult age. You know, we're, we're not seeing much of each other. Theo sleeps in my bed at night. I just thought it was a phase and I thought... They'll and do you know what? I, I, wanna, I want to actually pick up that, like, sometimes it is. Yeah. Like, I don't want people listening to this and thinking, like, oh, my God, like, yeah. we haven't had sex in six months because we co-sleep and this, that and the other. Like, at nice. the end of the day, the way I see it, if you are with someone that is willing to put the hard work in and so are you and you both love each other and there's communication and like it will work like there are a lot of 
marriages or relationships where you, you it is up and down no it, it's not meant to be easy that's what i think i'm trying to say is i don't want people listening and thinking like just going through a really tough no. time like if you're if if you speak to someone and they don't have a bad word to say about their marriage or their partner and they're like yeah we're just constantly in love and we never argue they're fucking bullshitting because because that, that's bullshit yeah. and actually arguing with your partner and seeing how you're both able to communicate and resolve it i think is, is key yeah. to seeing the type of relationship you have like we never communicated things were constantly brushed i mean our carpets as you know were very full with everything i was brushing up yeah um so i I think that's obviously what i really want to point out is like it's not meant to be easy but you're you're meant to be yeah you're meant to be with someone that's worth the hard work absolutely and i don't think i was and i don't think you were either i wasn't and you know there there like i said there were things that would crop up that Again, I pro- I was probably brushing under the carpet too, but it never would even cross my mind that yeah, because when they're little things, they're little, they're not big enough to end a marriage yeah. on. And I think really for me, again, from where I am now looking back, it was since having Milo, my second, where things changed in our marriage. Um, that's like kind of where I pinpoint it to. Again, I just thought it was the challenges of having more than one kid because it is absolutely so hard and it yeah. completely changes your life. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, it's what you're saying. Like, I think without knowing, I had almost begun to process not being in love with the person. And also as well, the person I was in love with, I don't believe exists anymore, which makes it easier. Literally, like, took the words out of my head. It makes it easier. Like, when I, the person you love... How old were you when you got together? Uh, 25, so 10 years. And, like, we, everyone changes. I change. I've changed yeah, loads. Absolutely. And it changes you. And yeah. that changes you. And everything else along the way changes you. And, and by the way, I'm not saying, like, I'm not, like, I don't want to just come on and be like bad mouth. Like obviously the situation was crap and there has been and is a lot of anger there. I'm not saying I'm, you know, I've not changed things, but he probably, well, he must have stopped loving me at some point and perhaps he fell out of love with the person that I have evolved into. But this is me and I'm quite, I'm quite proud of the person I am now. I'm proud. Yeah. 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 That is spot on one of the reasons why I've probably managed to move on quicker than I thought I had because I was in love and so wrapped up in this person that actually isn't, yeah, he's not there anymore. It's almost like grieving, it sounds brutal, but like the death of someone. It's like they no longer exist. Yeah. So in my head going back and working on this marriage wouldn't have worked because that person it's not the same person yeah. I fell in love with. And I grow. I don't know. You get to a point where, for me, I've accepted it and I would never regret being with him. He's given me my two beautiful boys and, you know, I don't want to tarnish the last 10 years. Yeah, well, just equally, had I left when I felt like I really should have, I wouldn't have Rome. No. So there's no point regretting. It's all lessons. It's all lessons. Every single relationship not only teaches you stuff, but I feel like it helps you grow. It does help And grow. I now know, and I'm sure you say this, will say the same, is I now know what I'm willing to accept. 
accept and what, and what I don't, what, what I won't accept and what I want in a future partner. 100%. I, I literally, one of the first things I did in those few weeks, I made a new vision board. I wanted a photo. Oh my God, we should and do an episode on vision boards and manifesting. Honestly, yeah, it honestly helped me so much. And one of the things I wrote about a future partner was like all the qualities I would want in them. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, it's still growing now because you kind of like grow as you grieve. Grow as you grieve, I like that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Book title. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was just, it's very empowering to now be in a position where I feel like I have my kids, you know, I have I have everything I could possibly want. If I No, I think meet- it is. I think dating and looking for the perfect partner in your 30s when you're very much more aware of who you are who you want to be and where you want to go to it's a completely different ball game like this is straight away boom go away like yeah like if you're if you can't communicate fuck yeah. off you don't need to tolerate anything less you don't need to tolerate anything less than what you want you yeah you really don't because you you have everything yeah you don't and for you to meet someone they literally have to op- offer you happiness they have to enhance your life they have to be like no drama like it's it's empowering i think what it really comes down to is yes we've been speaking about you know realizing it's over and it's fucking shit but once you come out the other end really it's it's just the beginning it is and it's your next chapter like i i I genuinely feel excited like i feel like how exciting that i probably have some of my happiest moments ahead of me like that I'm not experienced like hopefully and we know we've had some good happy times and we are going to share all of those with you and all these episodes they're not all going to be really down and sad we're going to have our moments but there's stuff that you know there's so many exciting things now that that we have to look forward to it is and once you hit that point where the switch goes you know, you accept your new chapter and you actually start to think positively and think, right, well, actually, I'm the person in charge of this. Mm-hmm. I'm the person in charge of my happiness. I dictate what comes in and what doesn't even come near me anymore, you know? Yeah. Like, it is freaking empowering. It really is. And it's exciting. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. And we can't wait to share it with you all. We hope that you enjoyed. Make sure that you come back and listen to the next episode. And tell all your friends about it. If you know anyone who's gone through anything similar, obviously direct them here. But we'll also be discussing like all, all things motherhood, really. Absolutely. And also, we are going to eventually be sharing stories, experiences, opinions. Questions. So, yeah. So if you want to feature make sure that you drop us an email at not as we planned podcast at gmail.com and we cannot wait to hear from you all and we hope that you enjoyed it thank you so much Bye. bye